Recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with, with Coach, Coach Renee Dreyfus and, and Matt Peters. Peters. Ring the bell and let's get, get it on. You're boxing your inner demons over there or your outer demons? Nah, I'm doing the, the, the dental floss. I'm doing my dance. <laughs> I'm dancing to the music. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Martial Culture Podcast uh, where nobody flosses <laughs> either our teeth or a dance. Our teeth are horrible. It's great to see you, Mr. Peters. Great to be back again. Uh, two weeks in a row, we're making it a thing. A thing. Yeah, we're not missing a day. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I, unfortunately, I, I caught a little bit of a bug from a student. I was doing a private lesson with him, and he was like, <coughs> I want to do a private lesson. I'm like, oh, boy, this is going to be bad. And then sure enough, uh, you know, about an hour later, I'm like, oh, I don't feel so good. Yeah. And so I'm a little, a little low energy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to remember to wash that uh, windscreen. Oh, so do you? No, sorry, <laughs> no I'm sorry, sorry. We do wash them every day. <laughs> okay. And the earphones. Everybody's okay. There's no ticks or lice in here. The bed bugs, though. Do you yes. know? Do you know? Actually, that's a huge problem in the New York City movie theaters. For the guys who live in New York, the big theaters on Forty Fifth, Forty Second Street, they're infested with uh, bed bugs. Forty Second Street. Yeah, the AMC and all those big. Are you theaters. kidding me? No, I'm not. I'm Ooh. not. They're infested, and a lot of people go to those theaters and then they bring them home to their apartments. Oh god! Um, because they, um, you know, originally they were using. The uh, very high high potency chemicals, but those chemicals are slightly carcinogenic or something, so sure. you're not allowed to use them anymore. So they're using less effective chemicals or not being as thorough. Maybe I don't really know, but there there's a huge infestation of bed bugs all throughout um, the theaters in your, in, in 42nd Disgusting. Street. Disgusting. Yeah, and I, was, I mean it's they're old buildings. You know, those buildings have been for, there forever. So obviously there's vermin, and you know it's New York City. We well, shouldn't go there anyways unless you're a tourist. It's too close to Times Square. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Right. I go yeah. to the one on, uh, in Battery Park. There's a uh, theater. It's a great theater. It's a really nice theater, too, and I reserved know, seating. And... I know exactly what you're talking about. It's yeah. really good. And yeah, there's a lot true. of nice little restaurants around there. It's like a little, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a Shake Shack over there now. There's Shake Shack everywhere. Yeah. All right, back on topic. <laughs> so we got some you know, big you know, but, but let me tell you, no, let's talk I, don't about think, I don't think Shake Shack is as good as everybody says. I don't think so either. I, you know, I what's, wasn't your, what's your favorite burger in New York? Oh gosh! In like New like uh, mass produced burger, not like you know, uh, um, uh, you know. Obviously, we're talking we're talking Minetta Tavern. If you want a New York burger, you go to Minetta Tavern and pay like fifty there. bucks for it. What's like the best burger? Ever. Uh, gosh, what's a good one? Shit, uh, New York Burger Company. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. I like them too. There's a place near me called Burgerfy, and they have that Beyond. This is for people health reasons. They have the new Impossible, Impossible Burger. Burger. Yeah. yeah, and Beyond Meat. I've never had. And it, uh, it the, both of them are actually like pretty good. Yeah, I was the Impossible Burger. I'm like, wow, this is like they have it at White Castle now. I heard that. that is, there's no White Castle around here though. There was one on 30. Yeah, this is but it closed. Oh, uh, there's yeah, just in the burbs. But uh, but the Impossible Burger is actually like pretty freaking good. It and looks for, good from everything I've heard. No, and it, it bleeds too. Yeah. It has like a little like a sense of, you know, that meaty umami kind yeah. of taste and and if you want to eat healthy and you want to have a burger, it's like kind of what I do. And there's a place near me and uh very very tasty. I got to try it. Yeah. And and you know, for people who are interested in in health being healthy, the Impossible Burger and the Beyond Meat Burger. It's not as good, but uh but pretty 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 nice. They put like five slices of bacon and cheese on it. I know, right? No, I actually <laughs> hate bacon. You hate I, bacon? Get I out of here. I hate bacon. I hate bacon. How do you hate bacon? Okay, so I grew up with a father who loved bacon. And this is funny because he's Jewish, so, you know, <laughs> failed Jewish <laughs> fail there. You know, he wasn't really. But we would have bacon so much that both my sister and I 
we just got sick of it. And wow. I, I, when I left for Japan, it's funny because my sister, when she left home, she became a vegetarian for 10 years just to detox from all the meat we yeah. ate. <laughs> you know? And then uh, I, um, I just – I can't look at bacon. Yeah, that happens. And, and, and I'm just now starting to be able to eat it again, but I don't really enjoy it unless it's like – you know what? A, a BLT here and there is okay, yeah. but um, well, if you can avoid it, thing. I mean that's good. Yeah, my uh, my wife was a vegetarian when we met. No I, kidding. Was she a full vegan? You know, I think she was a full vegan. <laughs> and you destroyed that. Well, there was a there was a. <laughs> I actually the, I remember the day it ended, and it was because of bacon. Because there was a sale at the supermarket <laughs> where we lived. And you were a saboteur. It was the bacon was on sale for buy two packages get three free. <laughs> So I came home with five packages of America. bacon. Yeah. It's right there. I do get three free. And she's just like, all right, I'm not a vegetarian anymore. <laughs> just bacon. Yeah, my sister eats meat now too. Like, uh, But uh, I I, um, I get a slightly nauseous from bacon, the this, this smell now. Yeah. I just had it Anything too much. you have too much is But you know, this is excess, first world yeah. problems. It's such a whiny thing. Like I I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm very lucky to have grown up in, in an environment as a child that had – we had enough ample to eat bacon, and, yeah. yeah, ample, ample bacon. Ample bacon. <laughs> the bacon flowed like wine. <laughs> every, I, uh, every freaking morning. I like, ate too uh, many uh, raisins as a kid and threw up, so I can't eat raisins. Oh, totally. I, I know what you mean. Like when you when you, when you eat something and you vomit and then yeah. you just never want to see it again. Skittles, is it, is Skittles it, and vodka, too. Did, uh, Skittles and vodka. Is that a drink? Is that a, <laughs> no, it's just two things I had separately that, that, I, <laughs> that I threw up from. That sounds like it'd be like, you know. A Kavanaugh type drink. Oh, I like beer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, your daily dose of politics. Um, So we got a big event coming up. Huge, huge event. Huge to go the theme of Kavanaugh. Um, I mean the. There's a couple of fights that are huge, and then and there's a lot of ones that are yeah, good. Well, well, there was there was an interesting fight this weekend, and also there's a stuff that happened over the weekend, which was really cool. I watched the Eddie Bravo um, Combat Jiu-Jitsu Championships, oh, yeah? the middleweights. Where, and, is is, where is that? Um, where uh, can you watch it? On they, his... It's on UFC Fight Pass. Okay. And right, uh, yeah. I think you can, you can also pay-per-view it or something. Okay. Um, but we have Fight Pass, so we watched it. And um, unfortunately, the, the finals were uneventful because it was a, a loss by um, – by injury, mm-hmm. but it was really cool to see um, non MMA fighters now because usually the guys that went into combat jujitsu they were MMA guys that just just went into combat jujitsu basically the same that they're doing all the time. And um, I don't know if you guys know, but Wagner Hosha won the first tournament, the 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 world, the big one, the worlds, and he won it by KO. That was the one in uh, last year. Uh, Is that rare tournament. in combat jujitsu? Well, you know, there haven't been that many many. Um, uh, comment to this tournament, so but it is rare because obviously you're just slapping, you're not punching. Yeah. <laughs> but he just it's gave this slap. guy, yeah, it's that Brazilian, you know, slap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody fought a Brazilian, you know, they have that slap where it's Wacha! it's um, and he just slapped him unconscious and uh, or referee stopped semi unconscious. And in this one, you actually had this a very similar position where the guy tapped from bottom turtle. He was getting slapped, and he actually tapped out to the slaps. And in the um, in the finals, um, there was an injury, but it started where the uh, uh, attacker was on the bottom, and he was going into a position called deep half, where he dove under. And you really don't want to do that because then he got he started get eating a lot of slaps, mm-hmm. and he did he he really had to adjust. And then he wound up getting his back taken, but in the back take, the the the, the guy on top attacked with the Kimura grip. But then as the other guy was trying to get out of the, the the grip, because he was so like 
get kind of like flustered from the strikes. He moved and he had a previous injury, I think, probably, but he wound up dislocating a shoulder or something and mm-hmm. they stopped it. But you can see this was one of the first tournaments where it was not MMA guys. There was a lot of guys from jiu-jitsu tournaments, you know, the jiu-jitsu scene, who were doing combat jiu-jitsu. And, I mean, there were some MMA guys in there, too. But it was really, like, a good mix of guys. And they were trying to play some of the more sportive positions. And you could see, they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like A couple, like, deep half and what's called koala guard, where you kind of sit on the guy's leg like a koala on a tree. And... um or they, when they did it, and I was surprised because there's a couple positions where I'm like, oh, I, I didn't think that would work. But they did it in a way that – and this reminds me of Ryan Hall. I don't know if you know Ryan Hall. He fought in the UFC a while ago. So Ryan Hall is a famous jiu-jitsu guy and I really respect him. Um, and uh, he's kind of an interesting curmudgeonly personality, um, very much speaks his mind and doesn't hold anything back. Um, but he he is a thinker. He's an engineer by trade. And he's a thinker, so he has some of the most boring fights in the <laughs> UFC, but tactical because yeah. he never gets hit. And there was one fight where he was just doing lots of diving 50-50 guard. And for the guys who don't know 50-50 guard, it's sort of like I, I lace my legs around your lace while you're around your leg. Like I lace my legs around your leg while I'm underneath you. Mm-hmm. And that's a very common sport jiu-jitsu position. But usually people would say 50-50 does not work in MMA because you get your face punched in. And and that's what I thought. But Ryan Hall made a mobile 50-50 where he's constantly moving back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so the guy couldn't hit him because he did a mobile 50-50 and then he finished with the hook. And he he's really interesting style. So I saw kind of the same thing in – and he did that in, in the UFC, mm-hmm. uh, in the Ultimate Fighter actually. Um, but um, – I saw the same thing in um, in the jiu-jitsu where they're doing these positions where I was like, hmm, that's dangerous. But they would do it in a mobile way. So you're like, oh, I guess that could have some like, – but still risky. And what you I saw was – it was really, really interesting. I hope everybody starts watching competitions. I hope it takes off because it's really something I believe in where we can kind of start to keep it real and um, and – understand what is risky and what is not when punches are involved. And you see this, there was like on the job training. They're trying something that they usually do and they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And then sometimes it did work. um, But, and there was a couple more leg locks than usual because in, in sport jiu-jitsu, there's a uh, ABI, regular ABI sport jiu-jitsu, which is no slaps, um, just submission only. There's a lot of leg locks. The number one finish right now in EBI is leg locks, right? But when the slaps happen, it went back to the old school UFC stats, which are basically rear naked choke is number one. And um, rear, rear naked choke and guillotines and stuff like that, just like the UFC. But this this one, you started seeing a little bit more leg attacks, and some of them were successful, and they had to eat punches and did it. But you can see the evolution of their grappling, and I, it was really wonderful to see. Unfortunately, the, the final was a little bit not as exciting as you want it to be because of the injury, and, and there was a semifinal match where the guy kind of played to the time a little bit. But but it was still cool, and it was for me, it was much more interesting than watching straight sports jiu-jitsu because it's like, okay, this is grappling that will really work in a, in a fight. And um, and I just I really enjoyed it. That was that week. And then at the same time, at the same time, we are flipping back and forth, Bellator happened. And there's the Rampage Silva fight, which is like, you know, should never have happened. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Roy McDonald Gergard Musasi match, which I think is, is, you know, one of the best matches that Bellator has put on with this. I'm not really a fan of Bellator, but Gergard Musasi and Roy McDonald are both very high quality fighters. And it was it was a match where 
Musashi just proved that he, he's still in it. He could he could go back to the UFC and be be a champ, and he dominated from the mount and just. Uh, McDonald tried to do a leg lock again, got punched, got his guard passed, mounted, and then destroyed. And mm-hmm. uh, um, but it was a great fight. Um, and you know, it just shows that Beltor is on the right path, somewhat. You know. Yeah. And today, uh, last thing today is actually Elio Gracie's birthday. Happy birthday! Yeah, he would be one hundred five today. Wow, that's old. Yeah, he's not. Well, old, he's but not. You know. yeah. <laughs> well, how long ago did he pass? Um. Hmm. I think he passed ten years ago, something like that. So he was still pretty old when he. Yeah, I'm not wow. really sure. Yeah, maybe a little bit more than that. Oh. Eleven years ago. Well, happy birthday! Yeah. It's uh my my partner Mike's birthday today too. No kidding. Yeah, the yeah. owner of the studio. Happy birthday, Mike! He doesn't listen to this show. He's a jerk. <laughs> Mike, you're a jerk. No, um, but that's that's great. And uh, you know, talk about pioneers of uh, of uh, a sport, jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we we wouldn't have the MMA world we have today without um, Elio Gracie yeah. and and his constantly challenging other styles. And now we have one of the biggest MMA fights coming up: Khabib versus McGregor, which is UFC two twenty nine this Saturday. Are you gonna I, this? I don't usually buy the UFCs. This one I might buy. I buy all of them. All of them. All of them. Pretty much all of them. Yeah. Uh, because. It is my job to study every major fight that happens That's true. as, do you, as do, a researcher. Do you write it off? I do. I absolutely do. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah. Of right yeah, of course. But um, and I watch all, almost all the fight nights. And my wife and I now that my wife is a practitioner. It's great because we watch it together. But um, you have to see the evolution of the sport. And yeah. I, I really like watching the light, lighter weights. The last. Um, uh, UFC was had had some some really good some good fights, but it had uh, a, a couple heavy. It had a heavyweight match that, um, unfortunately, you know, it, it it wasn't as technical as I'd like. But but the fights that really enjoy m- interest me are the lighter weights, basically one eighty five and lower. And sometimes the heavyweight fights are interesting. I love that picture. <laughs> it's Khabib on a bear chasing Conor McGregor. <laughs> Um, you know, but Khabib, you know, he wrestled the bear when he was yeah. a kid. Yeah. Um, but uh, this fight, this fight is really interesting. It's classic grappler versus striker, but with a really big asterisk. And um, I am not a Conor McGregor fan. I cannot stand him. No. But Conor McGregor really embodies the warrior principles of Sun Tzu. Conor McGregor does? Yes. Okay. Explain. Okay. So I'm going to give you a Sun Tzu quote. Okay. Um, The supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. Victorious warriors win first, then go to war, while defeated warriors go to war first, then seek to win. What Conor McGregor does and he, Dana White said something that he thinks Conor McGregor is better than Ali at, you know, trash talking. And I absolutely believe that. He, his, his ability to, to win the fight before the fight has happened is incredible. And he's done it so many times where he, with mental warfare, with trash talking, with finding the weakness before the fight has happened, that he can bring his A game, but his opponent brings their C game. 
is is just unbelievable. Um, did not work on on Nick Diaz as much, but what he did was he learned a tremendous amount from the fight and said, okay, strategically, and he has Kavanaugh on his corner, his coach, who is also brilliant strategist. He's strategically, I'm gonna find out where my opponent is weakest and always make sure I'm there. And and you know Diaz is weak with the takedowns, so um, obviously and and. Um, you know he 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 would not allow Diaz to to take him down and and also played a played a type of um, game that 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 just played against Diaz's strengths. You know Diaz is a, is a, is a volume puncher, not a not a power puncher. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, Conor McGregor's brilliant. He's brilliant, and I can't stand him, but he is brilliant. And you, I don't know if you heard the trash talking that he did to Khabib this yeah. time with the, about his father. Yeah, it's crazy, but he really did some research. You know, I don't know exactly what he said, but he made some some pretty serious accusations of criminality and some things which you cannot help but get under your skin. Mm-hmm. And I'm w- really curious to see because up until this point, Khabib seemed immune to it because of his lack of English ability. Uh, <laughs> he's getting better though. Yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, and he's like, whatever, this guy's an idiot. I'm not listening. Yeah, and. Um, but now I think he might be rattled. He might be angry. He might come in and do something stupid. Really? And um, you're gonna change my mind on who who to back? No, you're backing McGregor, right? No. Oh, you're backing Khabib. Yeah. Are I, you going McGregor? No, Khabib. Yeah. I, I, I even if I thought McGregor would win, I'd still back Khabib. Get out of my heart. You know, <laughs> not logic. <laughs> logic goes away here. <laughs> Loyalty sometimes trumps logic. I have two questions for you. Yeah. Um. And and. Uh, Wait till I answer, ask both before sure, you sure, answer sure. them. Is Conor McGregor good for the UFC? Mm-hmm. Is he good for MMA? That's a, those are great questions. And in the short term, I would say yes. And in the long term, I'd say absolutely not. For both questions? Uh, yeah, especially for MMA. Yeah. Um, and, we you know, we touched on this with, with Chris in our last interview. And Chris, you know, he refuses to watch the UFC because – it's becoming a little bit more razzle-dazzle and prize fighting rather than, you know, a sport like, okay, let's look at – let's take take martial arts out of the equation. Let's look at the basketball, baseball. There's some expectation of our um, – and even NFL. I mean there's an expectation of our athletes to act a certain way for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the Colin Kaepernick issue comes in, where where you know there's a conservative base that expects football players to act a certain way. I'm not saying that you know that's wrong or anything like that, but you know you, you, who gets to be on the Wheaties box? It's not the trash talking guy. It's the guy who is a role model to the kids. Who who you know Mark McGuire in my day was until the steroid accusations, but you know he was like yeah. the hero because he was kind of like you know really nice guy and this all American, all American, yeah. right, right. Lance Armstrong, same thing. Sure. You know. I, Obviously, the real Alan Armstrong was something different, but there was a persona there. Even if it was false, there was an attempt to put a persona forward that had some social merit. The you know work hard, you know do your best. These these values that are important. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be arrogant. Be humble. When did that switch? When did the American ideal become go from? Mark McGuire on a Wheaties box, be yeah. all American boy that eats your Wheaties to Conor McGregor, swear at people, yell and and dress fancy. You know that is that is a great question. I don't follow so many sports, but I would say because the prize fighting 
boxing prize fighting really had a little bit of that you know always in yeah. it you know the showmanship and the trash talking and well Muhammad Ali is definitely had his values and and he loved to trash talk he loved to kind of play the game he loved to have a little bit of razzle dazzle um and you found that with I, th- I guess it's influenced maybe of a few things one that we find that the pro wrestling heel and Ronda Rousey knew this too, a lot of MMA fighters, that if people hate you, they're more likely to pay money to watch you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think it might have to do with something in sports, and I, I can't speak to this overall, but you know, free agency, I think, changed sports in a lot of ways because the salaries of individual sportsmen, regardless of the sport, became much higher. So the more they can generate their own personal brand, the more personal th- then their salaries command more, yeah. regardless of performance. Because there's a lot of guys like um, Dennis Rodman in my day who wasn't that great, yeah. but he was commanding a lot of money because he was a personal personality. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, these guys, I don't even know ba- basketball, but they 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 had a pers- a brand that they created. And the brand can be positive, like Michael Jordan is more, you know, all American type guy. Mm, not, um, not anymore. <laughs> what what happened with Oh, he's got a lot of allegations and stuff. Of what? Uh well, he cheated on his wife like tons of times. He has lots of kids that Oh, aren't, really? aren't his wives and You see, yeah. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And and again, it's it's I'm not saying it's always it's who they are. I mean, yeah. it's like Bill Cosby, you know, he had this persona of like, you know, this is this is it's who all I'm, cultivated. I'm all, yeah, yeah, it's cultivated, right? And and to some extent, you could say they're hypocritical, but at the same time, there is a social merit to say these are the values that we we would like you to uphold. And this is very Japanese, and and um, so I'll give you an, I'll give you an example, and then we can get back to the fight because you don't want to hear me talk about this. But an interesting thing in Japanese: when Westerners go to Japan, they feel Japanese are very two faced because Japanese will be very nice to you, even if they hate your guts. <laughs> but it's a different thing. It's like okay. We all live in the same society. This is their value system. We all live in the same society. You're a human being just like me. Maybe I don't like you, but I'm going to treat you with a certain amount of respect because you're another human being. And I won't go past that level of respect, even if I freaking hate your guts. And that's just society. And I think there's some sort of social contract that we all have to ascribe to where we're like, okay, this is good. We all live together. So let's agree on some general values that we can say are good for our kids, good for role models. And and I think sports figures are role models. So we we wanted them to espouse those values. Mm-hmm. And that's something changed in the in the eighties and or nineties. I wasn't here in Japan, in America in the nineties, but when I came back in ninety eight, it, it seemed like a very different culture. Maybe I was coming from different different lens, but I left in ninety two and I came back in ninety eight. And um and it seemed like you know sports culture was was somewhat different. MMA has always been interesting because it, it drew from two groups. It drew from like the tank abbots of the world, which are barbarian street fighters, um, and had no compunction of you know drinking a beer and then going to the ring or you know just being completely you know reckless and mm-hmm. wild, and you know selling up the human cockfighting. And then you had the machidas of the sport, who were always like, or the George St. Pierre's, who were always like, I'm a martial artist. I hold myself to a higher standard. And as the – you could say what you want about Dana White, but during the Zuffa period, there was more of an attempt to bring UFC closer to the – what is expected of mainstream 
basketball, baseball, football. You know, there's a uniformity in uh, of of what we wear. There's there's a uniform, my uniformity of uniform. Yeah. There, you know, there's a. Uh, you can't, you know, go on Twitter and be homophobic and racist. You know, they've kicked people out for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't, um, you know, there's a behavior that they they want and they expect. And um, that was certainly not true in the early 90s. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Tank Abbott would go on and say whatever he wanted and, you know, and Semaphore Entertainment would be like, cool, you do that. <laughs> you know, that was the old people who owned it. And now that the UFC Zuffa sold it, they are really going closer to the pro wrestling model where it's like be as be as controversial as you want throw a dolly through a window be crazy be pro wrestling be a heel that's going to sell tickets yeah. and we're going to make some money and um while it will this will be one of the, I think one of the biggest UFCs in a long time you know having Conor McGregor not sanctioned for his behavior doesn't doesn't bode well for the sport um, in my opinion, uh, on, as a whole, because we we it's still part of society. We we, we want to encourage people to be like Conor McGregor. It's like, come on, let's you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then eventually, we have to constantly up the level of antics until what? Yeah. Until where's it going to go? You know, like if antics are going to sell, when did when does it not become enough? What throwing a dolly through a bus and almost hurting people is not enough? What not are we going to do? Yeah. Like now we're going to have like you know gang fights in the street. I would say yeah. that um, in my uh, um, limited knowledge, uh, I would say it's going to be more like a cyclical thing where it's going to get to a certain point and then people are going to be like, all right, yeah, let's get back to our roots. Let's go back to martial arts and MMA and stop playing around like jerks. And then it's going to ramp up again. Yeah, you know the the thing is, I think you're right. I think you're right. And the thing is, this happened in Japan where it. it the MMA was like this huge boom. And then because of some um, links to organized crime and just saturation, it died. And and that's the problem is that if we go too far in the antics, the cyclical aspect of that will mean that the sport will really suffer. Yeah. And then um, what's going to happen? Um, but MMA is here to stay. So that's – that's and, and even even, you know, I'm from the days where it wasn't on TV – it, you know, it was barely on – it wasn't on pay-per-view for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as there's a place for my fighters to test themselves, I'm OK. I mean I I, I fought in, in New York when it was, you know, in a gray zone. Yeah. Um, it just so, became illegal or, or legal it, it, a couple yeah, of years Yeah, right, ago. right. It wasn't really illegal, but we were in a gray zone. We weren't really sure what was going on. Right, yeah. There was no professional league for mm-hmm. sure. And um, so as long as, as there's always a venue for people for me to test our skills – I guess I don't really care because I don't care about the razzle-dazzle. But I, I would like to see MMA become part of like, – like it was in ancient Greece. I mean it was running, marathon. It was wrestling. It was decathlon. And it was all these other sports. And pancreation was one of the major sports of the Olympics and given a tremendous amount of respect. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because in the ancient Olympics, do you know why pancreation was taken out? Because corrupted by, by the Romans, it became a blood sport where they were wearing instead – of, instead of wearing bare knuckle, they wanted more and more brutal. And they wore uh, 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 gauntlets, gloved gauntlets, basically um, brass knuckles. Brass knuckles. <laughs> And they had these 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 you know fights to death became gladi- gladiatorial, yeah. and they became so crazy that okay again it's the sickle aspect you did it's this is too crazy, and they you know it it, it became something out of favor. Yeah, um, I would like to see MMA up there recognized as a, a major sportive pastime that has a tremendous amount of value, 
and to to the common person and and in, in a way to test ourselves and also understand how to protect yourself and and a, and a, and a crucible uh, an, an experimental crucible to see what is the best way to approach self-defense in, in one-on-one combat. Um, and 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 what, that MMA has been around for 25 years is UFC has been around for 25 years is amazing. You can just see it. it the, the 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 culture has shifted to understanding. We talk about it in the movies. Movies are starting to show what really works in a fight. Um, people are starting to understand what what real combat is supposed to look like. So there's a place for combat teachers to teach properly. And um, and it's it's good for the martial arts world. That Elio started a revolution when he you know had his sons and grandsons fight in prize fighting. A revolution that continues to this day, and that's great. And I'm very proud to be a part of that. Um, and hopefully that will, revolution will continue on and on and and, and evolve and mm-hmm. take the sport in other directions. But if we turn it into, into the sideshow, I don't know what happens. Yeah. But anyway, that's my opinion on that. Well, I don't I think don't think UFC is the the end all be all of of MMA. I mean, it's great. But it that is now. It, it is yeah, now. Yeah. But if it went away tomorrow, yeah, something would probably take yeah. its place, right? But that's Bellator, a shame right? because you know the and, and, yeah right. <laughs> but it's like the the um, baseball. Well, what's the M- M- uh, MLB? NLB is the baseball organization for yeah. the last hundred years, and it has some gravitas because of that, you know. And and it would be very sad if the UFC just died because it it's really where everything started. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, yeah, or or if it just became not... a, sh- a joke, you know, um, like the Rampage Vanderlei Silva fight, which was like, bleh, you know, or the the you know, there's so many that Bellator does they are just jokes, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but anyway. On the merits of the fight, well, you're, you're voting. You you want Khabib to win, or do you want McGregor to win? Khabib. You want Khabib to win, hundred percent. Why? Because I don't like Conor McGregor. It's plain and simple. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just don't. I just want to see him lose. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I've seen him lose a lot recently. So, <laughs> well, you know, he had a moral victory. By yeah. lasting nine rounds in I'm being, well, I'm being sarcastic here, by the of way. Of course, because <laughs> Mayweather didn't just coast him. <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, uh, what the what? I think it'll still go along. How do you way. think it'll finish if if Khabib decision. wins? Yeah. You think it's a decision? Yeah. I think if Khabib wins, I think Khabib's gonna stop him. I think like third round, fourth round, Khabib will pound him out. I wouldn't be surprised if if Conor McGregor is gonna be defensive to have it go five rounds. Like yeah, he, yeah, he had yeah, a conversation yeah, yeah, with yeah. Dana. If it goes five rounds, I get an extra thousand dollars. Right, or 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 they, you know, it's like sort of inconclusive, and they have another match or something, right, to make more money. Yeah, Yeah. I don't, I I don't, unless this is like a huge, I mean, it's going to be a huge fight, but it's not going to be on the level of Mayweather McGregor. No, no, no. Um, Unless this is really huge, I don't think McGregor fights him again if he wins. I think he's going to dodge him for as long as he can. If Khabib wins, right? Because I think if if McGregor wins. They'll, they have to have a rematch. They're going to have a rematch, yeah. probably, right? But um, you never know. Maybe could be. Maybe McGregor will say no. But uh, but you know. But then he'll work his way up, and and then McGregor will have to fight the the other guys coming up in the ranks. I mean, it's not just Khabib. There's a whole bunch of guys. I know? see McGregor. If McGregor wins, he retires. Yeah, I think you're probably right because he wants to go out on top. Yeah, I think you're right. And I he think doesn't if need he wins, to fight anymore. Right, right. I think you're right. I think if he wins, he's going to retire. Maybe even in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, I've heard other stories, which I won't repeat here, but that his lifestyle is less than fightery now. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he's, he's, you know, he's a rich guy and he's enjoying his, his money in yeah. a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, that con- con- conflicts with the discipline it requires to, to, to be a fighter. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
this is this is the game. If Khabib gets hold of him, the years of training, and Jilson has spoken about this, there's a type of isometric strength that grapplers have. And that is, that. I, for lack of a better word, I call it the Greco squeeze. Greco-Roman wrestling is a lot of body locks. And you just squeeze and you use that to just manipulate your opponent. Mm-hmm. Khabib, when he gets a hold of you, you are really in trouble. Yeah. The question is, can he get a hold of him? And, you know, you could see it with the Ali Aquinta fight. I mean, Khabib was fooling around. I don't think he was taking that fight seriously. But you could see he was fooling around. But there were some shots, some takedowns that he did, especially low single legs that were really poor and he was not able to, 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 to hold on to his squeeze because if you squeeze towards the extremities, meaning the ankle, the lower calf, or imagine you have a grip on the arm but the arm, it's more towards the wrist. Anytime you're gripping an extremity, that grip can come off. What you want to do is always grip closer to the shoulder joints or the hip joints or the hip itself. I always say grips and hips. Mm-hmm. Right for 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 grabbing, mm-hmm. you grip, you get your grip, and you control that hip. Whether it's standing around, you have to control, and then you work your way up to the head, grips and hips. And once Khabib gets those hips, he has those you know twenty five years of wrestling his family, his bear, <laughs> and 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 you know just just that Greco wrestling squeeze, yeah. and um, and uh, it's gonna be very hard for McGregor to counter that. Though he's no slouch, however, I will. T- I'll give you an example. In the fight that that um, that um, Conor McGregor law uh, won against Nate Nick Diaz, towards the end, Nick Diaz got him against the clinch and just tossed him with a trip with an outside uh, with Sasaki Komiyashi, which is an outside leg rotating tr- trip, mm-hmm. and and Khabib just went down. I mean, uh, Conor went down, and Nick Diaz is a Terrible takedown artists. Both both the Diaz brothers are not good at takedowns. They are not. They just are not. They're not takedown guys. They use their strikes to get into their jiu-jitsu. Amazing jiu-jitsu fighters, but not takedown guys. So that's someone, even a year ago, but also Khabib and McGregor took a lot of time off not training his grappling, that someone of that lower level at a, a, a you know, could could take him down so I mean he had a lot of trouble, but when he got it, he got it. Yeah. I think the minute Khabib grabs him, it's gonna have a bad day. And um he's gonna be all over him. He is going to be a you know, a saber toothed tiger just mauling a piece of meat. And um and he's done that to so many wrestlers who are really good wrestlers. You know, really good. Like people who grew up wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, and Khabib has just gr- gotten them and made them look like they never wrestled. Yeah. So. So if he gets them, it's he, over. Yeah, I you know, and I think what it's going to do is is the first round. You're right. It's going to be a cautious kind of. But I actually think probably the first round it's going to be a little boring. It'll probably go for McGregor because McGregor will, will box more. Khabib will be a little more tentative. I don't think the first round will be too exciting unless Khabib is rattled. By all the accusations of mental warfare, he's going to come in stupid. Mm-hmm. He's going to get knocked out. So this this is either going to end I quickly. Think, or... I think McGregor is is looking to do a Jose Aldo again. You know where wow. he gets he gets in. It's going to be really interesting. And I I, I I am not saying I can guarantee who wins, but I'm going to say the first round is going to be really interesting to see what is Khabib's mental state. 
does he have that, what the Japanese call fudoshin, which is the immovable heart, which is the most important element of a fighter, is that you do not get over like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. You know, no mm-hmm. fighter, any fighter who has that, you're just done. And again, it comes down to Sun Tzu. Conor McGregor is an epitome of a person who wins the fight before he fights. It's He's amazing. And, um, and, um, and can can Khabib withstand it? If he comes in and he's just like, I want to fucking kill you, and he just charges at him and goes at him or wants to kind of put a display on him and does something stupid, McGregor's going to be all over him. I'd and I really don't want to see that. Yeah, I'd I really don't want to see that. I really – and yeah, I'd be surprised too. But, you know, when, when the, the trash talking – you said you hadn't heard it, but it was it was very, 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 very effective. Mm-hmm. And very like actually very serious because he alleges criminal activity and all. I, I didn't follow it, but someone was telling me it was like really bad. And mm-hmm. when somebody says something about your dad, it's hard to not get emotional. And um, and uh, hmm, we'll see, we'll see. But um, I have a few people who are saying that McGregor's going to win. And uh, well, Vegas yeah. doesn't think so. Really, he's, what he's are the an odds? underdog? I think two hundred. On negative 200? I am actually, for this fight, I am actually putting money down. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put money down on this fight. I can put my mouth, money where I've had a few few bets, um, bets with a couple guys for, you know, like lunch and stuff. But this one, I'm actually going to put money on. Wow. I'm um, not that confident. I, you know what? Um, I was much more confident before that last draft. I'm like, oh my God, he might actually do this. Yeah. To me, it's mental warfare versus technique. And when it comes to grappling, Khabib is superior. There's no question. You know, you, there's no question. Khabib is superior. So how long can he – and cardio, Khabib is superior. Khabib has that ability to just keep going. You know, the, the, the first few rounds, he looks good. And the, the last few rounds, he looks good. And, mm-hmm. you know, everything in between. He is a machine. Um, and Conor McGregor is, you know, not always looking great in the last few rounds. You know? well, the, well, the weigh-ins are going to be interesting. Yeah. To see how they the – Interact with each other, right? And and also, Khabib's always fought at that weight class. And Conor Conor's last fights in the UFC were at one seventy. <laughs> you know, those are issues. Those are issues. Yeah. Although Conor McGregor seemed to have no problem making one forty five. You know, so we'll see. Now, He's a I, professional. I right? know uh, Khabib has had some uh, issues with his health in the past. He's pulled out a couple fights. Are yeah, we worried yeah. do, about do that? You know, at all? Do you know that was like sickness, right? Was it or was it? Uh, I don't even know. Weight why. cut. I think oh, weight it was cut. the weight cut. It oh, was it was in, okay. improper weight cut. Oh, so he has had problems with that. Okay, so yeah, you know, I don't, I, I don't follow. I didn't follow that as much as I, I should have. As far as I can see, he looks like he's in, he's in good shape and uh, has been doing well so far. There's no, I mean, uh, Conor McGregor. That was one of his big things where he was calling him a, a pullout artist. Yeah, that, that's that's another uh, one of his mental warfare's. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he always says that stuff. Yeah, but. Um, Worst case scenario, do you think, uh, like, if Khabib drops out, Connor said he he would fight Ferguson? Well, wow, that's an, that's interesting. I, I um, Ferguson would just stay right in the pocket and try and trade with him. <laughs> I think Ferguson's <laughs> gonna have a little trouble. You know, yeah. it's a different style thing. Like Ferguson's be like, "Oh, you really think you're a better striker? I'm gonna show you a better striker." And like, oh. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, McGregor has a bazooka in his hands. That's his, he just does. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't want to play with that. You don't want to play with that. You know, mm-hmm. he can knock out anyone. Um, especially uh, at 155. You know, like for 155, 145, he's very strong. 170, you know, people are used to dealing with a lot more power. But, you know, um, 
But he has heavy hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has heavy hands. Well, hopefully, uh, Khabib doesn't have any issues with his cut, and he uh, doesn't have any, any problems with his health. Because we want to see this fight. Yeah, oh, I really do. And there's some, there's some other. I mean, there's some other fights in that yeah. card that are really Ferguson good. Ferguson yeah. versus Pettis. Although I got Ferguson in that one. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, okay. yeah, I agree with you. Open St. Prue against Dominic Reyes. I don't even know who Dominic Reyes is. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess <laughs> we're going to go with Ovens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, light heavyweight. Yeah. Nothing really to, to speak of in his career. Hasn't knocked on anybody that looks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Ovens. Alexander Volkov. He's exciting to watch. A heavyweight mm-hmm. against Derek Lewis. That that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And like two guys that are like kind of like, you know, hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> um oh, your favorite is fighting next. Felice Herring. <laughs> oh, they're gonna say Damian Maya. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not poor Damian. Like, yeah, nah, I don't know guy. Michelle Waterson. You don't know Michelle Waterson? She's no. the karate hottie. Oh yeah, yeah. No, she um, she's actually pretty good. She's actually I really like Michelle because uh, she she's again um, it's kind of a strike for diversity. That's one thing that's really awesome about MMA. It's I think it's the the most diverse sport, and Michelle uh, shows that you can be a woman who has a child and be a professional professional athlete. So she at a, at a super high level. So she 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 you ever see the the warm the workouts that she does where she she's uh, doing the stretching with her little daughter? It's like the cutest thing. It's no. really heartwarming, and she's a, she's a, a talk about a great role model. She is a really great role model for you know um, people to how to conduct yourself um, and how to how to be a you know a mom and and also a, a, a great athlete, great fighter. Right. You know? Yeah, well, she worked. Um, uh, she's in Jackson Wink uh, yeah, Academy. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, wish her the best. I don't know much about Felice Herring either. Felice Herring, that's the you know the woman who shows her butt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she uh she's all right she's all right but um but um but it's, i think it's gonna be a great event and um the oh, pre- yeah. preliminary card this is this is no this is what i'm just gonna say let's go back to the khabib thing yeah. just for a second everybody watch the first round the first round will be will tell us how this is gonna play out if khabib is calm and cool cool like a cucumber it's gonna be a bad night for mcgregor if he's not it's it's McGregor's. Thing. Will you be able to tell when he walks in? You know, I'm not so good at at at, uh, at, at judging judging that. You know, uh, but I I think what else? What I'm good at judging is when they take when they start moving around, mm-hmm. when they start actually moving. Not the expressions. All the fighters are different. You know, they have different expressions. Sometimes they look like like they're gonna absolutely just lose, and then sometimes you're like, oh wow, he looked like he looked like he was gonna go on a kill, and he you know he mentally fell apart. So I. I when they start moving, when they start inter- engaging with each other's energy, it's better when I can tell. So I think the first thirty seconds are going to tell us really what's going on. And and you know you know Conor McGregor is going to you know and actually not allowed to do it, but Conor McGregor is going to be trash talking the whole fight, and he's going to try and get in Khabib's head. But Khabib that Khabib's just going to do it to him back, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited for this fight. It's it's not. I hate Khabib. I mean McGregor. <laughs> I hate Khabib. Man, I'm I'm like. On a hypocritical side, because I don't want to support a guy who did criminal activity who shouldn't be allowed to fight. But at the same time, it's it's fascinating to to see these two styles, very divergent, striking-based, grappling-based, also mental warfare-based, and more like just I 
I can't. I will. I will. I will give smash. You know, like like he's like just you know just quiet. Yeah. You know, he's the he's the he's the the quiet man. You know, the guy who just comes in and gets business mm-hmm. done. And um, you don't get more stoic than Khabib. And uh, I am I am very much interested to see this how it plays out. Yeah. I will be on the edge of my seat. I think uh, McGregor should come in with one of those hats on. Oh, the the traditional ones. Yeah, you know he's actually playing up the Chechen Dagestani thing, which is politically like you know very dangerous. But he always he always treads those lines with the Mayweather fight. He was is also one reason I don't like him, which he was um, treading racial lines too. You know, mm-hmm. doing some some types of promotion that I found to be yeah. racially charged. And and but it it definitely whipped up the fight. I mean, that was the mm-hmm. most watched fight ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, and it was just a sideshow. But it it just shows people want drama, and this fight won't won't be you know the casual person is not as attracted to this fight as they were to the, the way because boxing versus MMA and mm-hmm. all this white versus black and this and that and all this there's so many like subtexts that happen in that fight. But this one for people who like MMA, everybody's gonna watch it. People yeah. who are MMA fans, even casual MMA fans, they are gonna watch it because this is we've been waiting years to see Khabib. Fight who is someone who's considered the best in the division, the one fifty five and one forty five, and see what happens. And and yeah. it, it, the fight that the fight is happening, I'm again, I'm 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 torn, but I am glad it's happening. And as as, as a researcher, you know, as a to see how he's going to deal with with McGregor's takedown with McGregor's striking, and how he's going to deal with McGregor's movement, and how he's going to deal with McGregor's mental warfare, mm-hmm. and. Uh, McGregor, I can't stand him, but he fascinates me. That he <laughs> finds ways to win. I mean, the guy finds ways to win. Yeah. And mental strength, you know, mental strength, and this goes to again to self defense. It goes to competitive martial arts. It goes to MMA, whatever. Mental strength is so critically important. You know, how to get in your opponent's head and break their will is just crazy. I'll tell you a funny story that I had. Um, I would, this was a jiu-jitsu match, right? But this wasn't an MMA match. But I had, I had a jiu-jitsu match. And I'll tell you, at that time, I was not good at finishing the rear naked choke. I was not. I was, I'd always struggle finishing. But um, so I got on this guy's back. And, you know, time was running out. And I got on his back finally. And, of course, you know, so, and I'm like, I whispered in his ear. I go, you're so dead now. <laughs> and then the guy went, he freaked out. And then he gave me the neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So then you know, mental warfare is a part of the fight. And sure. then I won the fight, you know? And funny. I knew I was I was like I was like, you know, <laughs> you know? Oh. but I whispered I'm like, you're so dead now, right in his ear, because <laughs> I'm right behind him. And and I freaked out and he gave me the neck. Yeah. You know? So breaking people mentally or making them throwing them off their game, throwing them off of their fudoshin, their their immovable heart, that that iron will that set keeps you on the straight and narrow mentally, being able to perform. Getting you out of your alpha state. The alpha state is that that state of high level performance. Getting in people's head and messing with that alpha pattern, messing with their rhythm, messing with their sense of, you know, how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. That is that is huge. And Conor McGregor just is amazing at it. And I want to see if he can if he can break Khabib's sense of you know. Himself. It's a good experiment. Yeah. It is. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. Um. So that's that's my take on that fight. And I I'm I'm gonna be sitting on the edge of my seat watching it. You yeah. Know? What's the official bet then we have? Uh, I, I'm thinking decision. You're going to go. I'm going to go either way. It's, I think it's going to be a stop, stoppage. No, I think um, – I don't think he's going to submit. Well, he might. I think it's going to be like 
if Khabib wins, it'll be ground and pound, like so, a referee stoppage. So we're both going with Khabib. Yeah. I'm saying decision, decision. You're saying stoppage. Yeah, I think a stoppage in the third or fourth round. But you know, honestly, it, it could it could be it could be like Stipe Miocic and um, Ngana, where he just beats him. He takes does the same thing. Yeah. He takes him down and beats him. Takes him down and beats him. And then, you know, but I actually think when you put McGregor in to kind of jiu-jitsu positions where he gets hit, jiu-jitsu positions where he gets hit, he does stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you could see that with the, the the Nick Diaz fight. He just turned and gave up his back. And he's I'm sure he's improving. I mean, he's training with a lot of people, but I don't think he's training with the right people, uh, although I'm not in his camp. I mean, the certain the people I saw, I'm like, hmm, maybe that's not the best guy to, 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 mm-hmm. to train with. You should train with someone else who, yeah. who, who mimics Khabib's game a little better. But he has this Chechen Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He has Dylan Danis, who fights in Bellator, who's a jiu-jitsu guy. But they don't really, they don't really repli- replicate Khabib's style very well. Um, but I think when he feels that, that's that, pressure it's it's gonna be he's probably gonna do something stupid Mm -hmm. though he's a lot better than he used to be and he's definitely no slouch in grappling so um and and this is not a trash talk you know because i'll tell you when you're on the bottom and people are punching in the face a lot of even the best grapplers do stupid things you know like you know like the carlson gracie has that old saying take a black belt punch him once in the face he becomes a a brown belt punch him again he becomes a purple punch him again he becomes a white belt you know like you know you you, when people are mashing your face in, you do stupid things you know um but um uh that that's it that's you know that's the that's the thing let everybody check out what happened in the first round that is going to be where the where we just we know what's going to happen in the fight all right you heard it here first First round is going to decide everything. Yeah, keep you keep you updated on that. Um, I'm, I, it's a good thing I didn't I didn't do any like jujitsu because if I got on somebody's back, I would have whispered in the ear. You look really cute today. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know that might have worked. I don't know unless he unless he was happy about it. I don't know. You know, um, I I have a way of like um, torturing my students, and a lot of times I'll put them in uh, in in bad positions, and and I'll actually tickle them. <laughs> And and the funny thing is people think it's like, you know, I'm being a jerk, but evolutionarily your tickle response and your pain response are neurologically the same as well because you – why did we evolve to be ticklish? To prevent against like mosquito bites that have malaria or, or, mm. or the tsetse virus or deng- dengue fever so or, or a thorn that was infect you know, that could spread bacteria. So the ah, – ah, you know, like tickling or, or feeling something on your skin is a, is a very strong evolutionary response that, you know, if you get bitten by a fly with dengue fever or, or tsetse virus, you're dead. So that's just as life-threatening mm-hmm. as being stabbed. So neurologically, the pathways are almost identical. Interesting. And so – it's a way of inducing pure, complete panic without actually ever hurting someone mm-hmm. and forcing them to stay calm and remember their training. But I do that all the time, and uh, people hate it. And it was done to me. You know, it's 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 a, it's a way to teach people to stay calm under in a way that never hurts them. You know, mm-hmm. and really develop a really important sense of like calmness under under chaotic, chaotic situation. Boy. And uh, so do that, and and and, and the, the other way to do it, what I do in the self defense class, I was doing it um, the other day. Is you know I train with the electrified knife, mm-hmm. where obviously we're not stabbing each other with real knives because that, that's insane, um, and and not practical. 
because nobody wants to kill each other. So you actually don't stab each other. What we do is we have a fake knife that has an electric charge. And the minute you feel that charge, you start freaking out. Sure. And it, of course it hurts, but it's not injuring you at all. It doesn't injure you. It's not even as strong as a regular, like a taser. It just it see, feels like the worst, you know, um, I don't want to say pinch, but, you know, it feels really painful for a millisecond. Like a snap of a rubber band. In your yeah, like, like, yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. you know, somebody, psh, like really hard. Yeah. For, so for a second, it's really agonizing, but then it just goes away. But you're like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ, I don't want that to happen again. And yeah. then suddenly you're like – you're in that world of panic, and you've got to stay mentally focused. And, you know, like I said, there's no more important martial arts skill. And the Japanese do put an emphasis on this, you know, maybe sometimes too much, but there really is no more important martial arts skill than your immovable heart. And let's see how much Khabib's heart is immovable, how much Fudoshin he has, given the, the massive trash-talking that Conor McGregor has. Mm-hmm. And then let's see what Conor McGregor has when Khabib is punching him in the face. <laughs> you know, let's see what he can muster. He has an unmovable face. Yeah, immovable face. <laughs> so that's my take. That's what I think. All so, right. Anyway, it's a it's a great birthday to Elio and to see to see this great fight a week after that um is kind of historic and interesting. Very good. And bring that taser knife next Monday. Cuz I'm going to get Okay. I'm tase you. So, but, <laughs> tase. Don't tase me, bro. Uh, oh, you want me to bring it? All right. I don't know if I can carry it on the subway. Oh, I think it's right. illegal. It's yeah. a weapon. Yeah, yeah. No, all it's right. not actually a weapon, but I, I'll, I'll come it. to you then if I lose. All right, all right. So, what, what's our bet? You're going to say decision. I'm going to say third to fourth round, or I'm going to say stoppage. Yeah, third, you don't have to get bit. specific. Yeah, third, round. stoppage. Stoppage. I'm going to say if Khabib wins, it's stoppage. If McGregor wins, it has to be stoppage. There's no other way McGregor's going to win. Are you saying Khabib wins with a stoppage? Yeah, I, yeah, okay. yeah. Khabib wins with a stoppage. Because McGregor wins, neither of us win. Yeah, right, right. We have that, to shock yeah, each that. other. Right, right. Uh, we'll hold the knife together. Mm. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's it. Okay, if we both lose, we'll both. <laughs> Seppuku. We'll Seppuku. <laughs> Is that the right thing? That's what the samurais yeah, got Haraki. themselves. Yeah, right? yeah. All right. I don't know my terms. I need to know, learn more Japanese. I'll teach you. All right. I was a translator for 15 years. Oh, more, more than 15 years. That's awesome. Yeah, I translated for the. Um, UN project in Domo Japan. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> you don't need that last part. Oh, Domo, okay. Yeah, Mr. Roboto. What if his name's Mr. Roboto? <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll check in next Monday with our take on the event, and hopefully uh, neither of us get tased. So good luck, Conor McGregor. <laughs> tased and confused. <laughs> yeah, that's the title <laughs> of the episode. Perfect. Uh, please rate, subscribe, and share the show, and tell your friends. And we'll see you next week. Take care.